This is Letters in Grace for June 13th, 2022. Talking today about what to do when you encounter sin. Not just withstanding sin, but maybe even looking at just why maybe we sin. In our circles, in our Christian circles, one of the most popular verses that most of us have memorized and memorized as children is 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. It says, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. Just listen to that for a moment. No temptation has seized you or overtaken you, or no temptation in life that you encounter is uncommon. No temptation has over, overtaken you, but such as is common to man. These are common temptations that we encounter in life. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. First of all, God doesn't tempt you. First of all, God never tempts you to sin. That is your sin nature in your flesh. That urge to sin, that is definitely not of God. And that is completely because of you. So when you think about Christ and his sinlessness, by the way, and you ponder the question, could Jesus sin. We know that he didn't sin and that he was perfect and he was righteous. He was 100% man. He was 100% God. If he wanted to, could Jesus have sinned? Hmm, grasshopper. Well, the answer is no. Jesus could not have sinned. Because while he was fully human and experienced all the common temptations that we experience, yet without sin, he was also fully God. And the best way to describe it is that word, that's what reminded me of it, was that word urge. In Christ, there was not the urge to sin. There was no sin in his flesh. He did not come from sinful flesh. That's why the virgin birth is extremely important. He's not like us. He was fully man as we are, but he didn't come through the line of Adam and Eve. He didn't carry this sin in his DNA like we do. In Christ, there wasn't even the urge to sin. Contrast that with us in our flesh there is the urge to sin. It's who we are. We can't be separated from it as long as we are in this flesh. So it's not uncommon to encounter temptations. God does not tempt us. He is faithful and he will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able to withstand. But when we do encounter temptation, he also provides a way of escape so that you will be able to endure it. First of all, are you alert enough to even understand when sin is being stirred up in your heart, when you're being tempted to sin before it even takes birth? 
Do you notice it and recognize it before it even plays out? And when you encounter it, do you look for the way of escape? Not only withstanding the temptation, but looking for the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. Now, it's good to talk about this, but I want to back up a little bit. We're talking about sin. We're talking about standing on a cliff, on a slippery slope. And this verse deals with dealing with that sin as you stand on the slippery slope. But let's back up and let's back up a little bit. We know the three steps that sin follows. We remember Eve in the Garden of Eden when she saw the fruit in Genesis 3, 6. It took three steps. Sin always takes these three steps. Eve saw the fruit. She desired it. She took and she ate. So we we see things. And when we see them, we desire them. And the longer that desire is allowed to germinate in our heart, it gives birth to sin. Eventually, we take that bold step and we take and we eat. And there it is. So we know the three steps of sin. See it, desire it, partake. So where would you take care of that? Well, first guard your eyes, right? So that you don't desire it. And sometimes you encounter things in life and you see things that stir up sin. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, these things that we crave, these sins that we crave, whatever yours is. Sometimes you can't help that you see it, but when you see it, what are you doing with it? Are you dismissing it or are you nurturing it in your heart so it germinates? Okay, that's still really too close to the point of sin. I want to back up 30,000 feet. I want to talk about just why it is you get caught without your armor in the first place. If a soldier is going into battle, he has his armor on. We know about putting on the full armor, right? You got the breastplate, you got the shield, the helmet, the belt, your feet are shod. Okay, why did you get caught without your armor? Well, first of all, you weren't at war. You forgot that you were enlisted. You forgot that you were in service to the Lord. See, if you look and watch for this in scripture, you will see that trouble and destruction follows a divided heart. So it's not just an issue of a divided heart with our relationships. It's, it's about a divided heart between us and Christ. There is this throne in your heart, a throne room in your heart. And on that throne, either you sit on the throne as the king of I, or Christ sits on that throne as Lord and King of your life. That's the battle. This is the real battle we need to talk about. Paul understands this battle. The things that I don't want to do, I do. And the things that I should do, I don't do. 
And there's this tug of war between the spirit and the flesh. There's, if you are in Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in you. You are a new creation. There's this new life in you that is kind of like, it's kind of like the conscience, right? Your conscience alerts you to sin. But when the Holy Spirit is living in you, you are a new creation. You belong to Christ. There is a, a, a hyper awareness, a hypersensitivity to sin. And if there's not, that should be your red flag warning that you don't belong to Christ. Or you have sinned so much that there is a callus so thick over your conscience that you are in danger. So, is your heart divided? Who is sitting on that throne in your heart? Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? The real question is one of sanctification. Am I overcoming sin? Is Christ my Lord? Am I submitting to Christ as my Lord? Why is my heart divided? I'm a leaky, sinful vessel, and what I fill my heart, my heart is like a pitcher, and what I fill it with is what I will become. If I fill it with sin, I will be sinful. If I fill it with Christ, I will become sanctified. I will become set apart. I will become like him. Our heart leaks just like sand or water would leak through the cracks of a broken vessel because we're imperfect. We're still in the flesh. We're sinful people. You have to keep filling the heart so that it fills up and overcomes the leaks. You have to be in God's word daily. That is the point here. You open your Bible. It's like lighting a candle. And the longer that flame stays lit, the longer your nose stays in the Bible, that liquid that starts to form on the top of the candle and moves its way down until the whole candle is liquid. That's called walking in the spirit. That's when you live a life victorious over sin. As soon as you close that Bible and you forget about God's word, that's extinguishing that flame. The candle starts to harden again. Young man, young woman, mature Christian. If you aren't experiencing victory over sin, this is why. Get your nose in the Bible, confess your sin, fall on your face and repent, turn away from your sin and tell God, I want to let go, but I don't. Lord, make me let go. Sit on that throne in my heart as Lord. That's the goal. We forgive each other when we sin against each other because he forgave us. You want to be in the army. You want to serve Christ faithfully. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. So it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So now the life that I live in the flesh, I live for him who loved me and gave himself for me. He died to purchase us and to redeem us. The reason you don't have victory is because you still think there's something for you in this life. You still think there's something to take in, something valuable in this life. And until you forsake this life and count it as loss and give your life to Christ and start living for the kingdom to come, you won't have that victory. Count it all but loss. I have been crucified with Christ. So it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Does he live in you? So that the life you now live 
You live for Christ because he loved you and he died for you. That's the point. You want victory over sin? Make Christ Lord. Submit to him and repent. And then no temptation will overtake you. He will provide a way out. You will endure it because your affections will be on him more than the sin. And that's the whole point. This has been Letters in Grace. Have a great day.